And now, on with the show. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to episode 60 of the ABC GCI Coffee Break podcast. My name is Allison Jackson, joined each week by Mike Maloney and Kayla Rodriguez-Santiago. I'd like to take a moment to thank our presenting partner, Skilled Trades Partners. Mike, can you tell us a little bit about Skilled Trades Partners? Skilled Trades Partners are Skilled Trade Placement Agency. The folks over there are wonderful. Both Seth and Mary Chisholm have been very helpful with us and the podcast. Big supporters. Special thanks to them. So if you need some Skilled Trades help, reach out to the folks at Skilled Trades Partners. So it was a real chilly weekend here in Massachusetts. If you're close to the Boston area, you probably saw those negative temps this weekend. I'm no meteorologist and I'm not trying to, you know, fill things in by talking about the weather, but I mean, come on, dropping that much. Temperature in one day is kind of a lot. And, um, you know, I had kind of a scary story coming out of my um, my cold weekend that I haven't told my... Uh, my podcast co-hosts yet so my uh what was it sun saturday morning i woke up around 5 a.m to the sound of a shattering glass and um i we couldn't figure out what it was we went all over the house trying to figure out what was it was someone breaking in did the cats break a vase what's going on couldn't figure it out got back in bed moved my foot and heard glass again hmm weird our bedroom window shattered from the uh, cold to heat ratio from my room to outside. Um, And I can supplement with some photos. I'll uh, put them on the Instagram for everybody to take a look at. But shards of glass on my bed. Um, And yeah, my window is shattered. Luckily, it's a double pane. So only the inside pane broke. So we're still retaining heat. Didn't have to you know, do any emergency replacements or anything like that. But yeah, that was uh, oh that was God. definitely a first. Um, Nobody got hurt. No one's hurt. Everybody's okay. safe. We're warm. No cats <laughs> were so harmed funny. in the making of this broken window. But uh, yeah, very, very uh, testy temperatures wow. <laughs> affecting my home life this weekend. So Norm- I don't know. Do you have any crazy stories about the weather, Kayla? Not necessarily. Normally you hear about frozen pipes, right? And so that's what people are worried about. So I you wouldn't expect there to be a... Mass General had a frozen pipe this weekend. Had oh, to close. Ray was Mass General. Had to close oh, some that's floors so- because it was flooded. Yeah, it's crazy. So... Oh, especially during these temps yeah so yeah no shattered glass no frozen pipes luckily on my end um we were definitely walking around portsmouth on saturday so it was a little chilly um but it warmed up and sunday was nice yeah sunday was great weather we have bipolar weather here right you're negative four degree temps and then you go right into 60 degrees like what's going on i know it's craziness well who do we have on the podcast this week yeah, absolutely. So this week we have Mark Winter from Recover Green Roofs, and we also have Chris Keeley from Bowden Construction. They are both ICA winners, and we are super excited to have them on the podcast this week. Let's get into it. This is our uh, interview with Chris Keeley, Executive Vice President of Bowden Construction. This is take two, because Mike never hit record on the first time. So welcome to the podcast, Chris <laughs> Keeley. Again, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mike. We're very happy to be here today. <laughs> this is our uh, second time going through this. So uh, we invited Chris to come on because uh, they did win an Excellence in Construction Award. They won a Merit Award for their project that they did over 1,200 Crown Colony in Quincy. So why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and how long you've been with Bowdoin and tell us about the project. Sure. So, um, yeah, I'm, as Mike said, I'm, I'm Executive Vice President of Bowdoin Construction. I've been with the company now for 31 years and other exciting news, this is actually Bowdoin's 50th anniversary. So 2023, we'll be celebrating um, uh, that milestone uh, throughout the course of the year with our, our staff and and uh, the industry at large. And, and that's an amazing monumental task, you know, for any company to be around for, say, 
you know, 10 years is um, unbelievable. Go for 50 is great. It's a great testament to the, to everybody over there at Bowdoin. So why don't you tell us about the project over at 12 and crown colony and um, what it set, what set it apart from all the other applicants? Sure. Yeah. So uh, this was um, uh, the 1200 crown colony project was a renovation of a 235,000 square foot, seven story building uh, that was previously occupied by State Street Bank for their office headquarters. And kind of the and cool thing about it was they, when they moved out, they actually left all the furnishings in there. So um, we were set to start construction on March 9th to empty the building on March 9th of 2020. So it was the very same week that COVID really kind of hit here locally. And um, uh, that, that was uh, put a little bit of a delay in the start. Um, and we had to educate um, all of our trade partners on the new requirements for working in, in buildings uh, with uh, you know, six foot spacing, masking, um, cleaning of high touch areas, having wash stations and sanitizing stations. And uh, that was a quick intro to that. And, and this project was unique and it started literally right at the outset of that. So the, the full on project construction uh, did not end up starting until June uh, and it was about a nine-month project overall from that point forward. So there was a three-month delay from when you know, COVID hit to when you guys actually got to start. So pretty much, that's, yeah, that's pretty amazing. So um, one of the things we like to touch upon is the you know fifty years Bowden's been around. Uh, what what made you decide to get Bowden involved with the awards program? You know, so many years ago. Um, yeah, so I, I, we had entered the awards once in the mid nineties. I forget what year that the awards program actually started, but I know we, when we entered our first time, we didn't win and then we didn't submit for a couple of years and, uh, we were actually competing for a project and they had a point system in which they selected their contractor and we lost by one point. And they, one of their questions was how many pro, uh, awards has your company won for project performance over the past 12 months, which was a short period of time. And I, I believe this was for the Compass Bank project in New Bedford for their headquarters at the time. But we lost that job by one point and I was mortified. So um, I reached back out to ABC. Um, I joined the awards committee um, and, uh, you know, an acquaintance of mine, Dan Wilson, who I actually saw at the last awards event, we kind of talked about that, that we were both on that awards committee back in the late 90s. I learned what it meant for um, to 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 build an award-winning project and to uh, and how to how to state that as well in, in uh, so that the guidelines for what it means to have an award winner were things that we talked about internally. We pressed upon our people, and we really made it a focus that we wanted to be a firm that was uh, you know an award-worthy contractor. And then my notes here for the project where you won the merit award. Uh, Talk to me about the trust system that was designed to look like the underside of a ship's hull and how you guys tied that into the history of Quincy. Yeah, yeah, there was a, there was a lot of great things at the beginning of this. We were involved through the, the um, mid you know, stage of design, working with the team, budgeting and analyzing different um, options for our client. And uh, the Fusion, who was the architect, did a great job really tying the whole history of Quincy into the design of the building. And as you mentioned, the, um, the, the history of Quincy is, is shipbuilding and stone quarries were the kind of primary elements that were tied in. One was this uh, truss system that was designed to look like the underside of a ship's hull that was used to kind of break up the space in a large open atrium that went up seven stories. And um, that we worked together with a, a company that was commissioned out in New Jersey to provide the product and erect this uh, in that atrium to make sure that it was structurally sound and, and uh, well, you know, achieving the look that uh, the design team and, and our client um, bridge was, was looking to achieve. And it really came out terrific. And if you ever stop into the building, you, you can't miss it. It's um, uh, kind of a stunning aspect of the building. Some of the other features were um, all the stone flooring, stone wall elements, and um, metal corner guards with rivets to uh, resemble um, the construction of a ship as well. And then what did you learn about uh, Kilroy was here? That was because that was a good story that we yeah. talked about a minute ago. That was a great story. What, what, what was the, how did you tie Kilroy in there? Yeah. So, I mean, I know we were chatting about this earlier. I mentioned one of the times I visited the building after we were putting in one of the, 
the stone wall elements, I saw this doodle on the brick that was of Kilroy. And I'm like, I thought somebody had graffitied the building because I, I had not been party to the conversation about the that, that feature being in, inserted into this. But when I was a kid, I used to draw that doodle in notebooks and I didn't realize that a real Kilroy actually existed. But uh, Inspector Kilroy was uh, a ship building inspector at the Four River Shipyard in Quincy. And if folks were not around to uh, for him to identify that he'd signed off when he did his inspection, he would draw that doodle of Kilroy was here on the ship itself uh, to identify that his inspections had been completed. And um, so that was kind of a neat element that was actually now it's it's very tastefully done, but there is a stone element in the building that actually has that doodle of Kilroy was here in the lobby. And then there's a separate feature wall with graphics that show some of the history of Quincy um, that also identifies um, some information about Inspector Kilroy. And it's, I think it's great how you're able to work with the designer and tie something local to Quincy into the design of the other buildings. Yeah, Quincy. that really made it a lot of fun to be yeah. a part of. And really fun to walk people through and, and talk about it too when you're ever in the space. Yeah. And then I know one thing that Bowden's very proud of is the fact that you've won a step award for 22 consecutive years, right? So tell us a little bit about your involvement in the Step Safety Awards program and, uh, you know, things that you're currently doing as a culture, I guess, to, to make people more aware of that award. Yeah, I mean, we, we've been uh, active with that, as you said, for, for 22 consecutive years um, for ABC. And then we also submit to the National Safety Council. Um, Jesse Vieira is our uh, safety officer. He's a NOSHA certified instructor, uh, and he does a great job enforcing safety here and, and educating um, our trade partners and on our, and our teams visiting our job sites. But being able to demonstrate our commitment to safety through achieving the goals that are set out by ABC's award program um, really helps, you know, build morale within our company, brings that to everybody's attention and helps us strive every year to be better and better. In fact, the past two years, uh, we achieved the diamond level, which is the top level safety award that is offered. And then one of the things that, uh, again, Bowden's very proud of this is the, that you've also been an accredited quality contractor since 2005. And for yeah. those that don't know what that program is, tell us a little bit about that and, and how that's helped you as well. Uh, again, yeah, it's it's really helps um, not just our, our commitment to uh, um, how we build, but it's our, our involvement in the community. It's our commitment to our people. Uh, again, it when you when you go through these programs, it helps you be a better company. It helps you focus on what's important. Uh, and uh, I think by we the reason we want to continuously be active in it, and we've re-upped. Um, with our criteria to make sure that we're keeping up to those standards every year since 2005 when we first um, submitted. And, uh, you know, again, it, it really helps you kind of raise the bar on who you are as a company. And it's great to have those kinds of goals set forth uh, that ABC is doing this. We really appreciate that. So we, we love having Bowden as part of the ABC family, right? So again, 50 years, big milestone. Uh, why don't you tell us about the milestone and what do you think it's meant, you know, for ABC uh, and Bowden to be to be partners like that over the last 50 years? Uh, yeah, I mean, ABC's been been something that uh, an organization that's helped us in many aspects of our business. Um, I believe we've been members since prior to my starting. And I think I mentioned I've been with the company for th more than 30 years now. Um, so uh, our HR director, uh, vice president of uh, human resources, Jerry Duffy, She's been active um, with the program, um, communicating with other people in, in HR uh, that uh, uh, at our friendly competitors. Um, she's made close friends and acquaintances through that, but it's also helped us uh, in terms of how we manage our, our people and, and what we do here. And it's all about our people. Uh, that's the most important aspect of our business. Um, so I know it's been extremely beneficial to her and to Bowden as a whole. Um, the meet the generals events and you know coordinating with our trade partners are you know vital to our business. Um, we can't you know nobody can do this job alone. It's a it's a very challenging industry that we're in. So finding really good dedicated trade partners to work together with has been critical to our success. And we want to thank our trade partners for that. But we meet them through 
the ABC. And even when we travel to other states, if we haven't worked there uh, very frequently, we can coordinate with the ABC uh, entities in, in you know, Connecticut and other areas as well um, to help you know, us find and, and work, uh, find those other trade partners in, in those territories. And like we said before, you know, uh, ABC membership and what I tell people when I'm, you know, talking to prospective members is it's a lot, lot like a gym membership, right? You get people, when it comes time to renew, we say, do you want to renew? And they say, no, nah, you know, ABC didn't do anything for me. And then we say, well, did you come to an event? Did you, did, right. you, did, you, did you meet anybody? Did you come to a networking event? And, oh, no, I don't have time for that. Well, it's a lot like a gym membership, right? So you're going to get out of it what you put into it. So if you come to a few events and meet some people and can network and say, come on the podcast, you know, come to a, meet the generals, meet some people, there's a good chance that the the membership itself will pay off over time. And then, like I said, you meet a lot of friends and, and colleagues and you get to see the same people and work with the same people. So it's, it's all pretty awesome and then one of the questions i didn't ask was what's next for bowden do you think in in the grand scheme of things you've been in the business in, the, in 31 years of all the things that you've seen what do you think is next well i would say um you know focus on uh, um sustainability and uh we're now working on um our first project that is going to be uh, designed to passive house standards um that Focus, you know, we were actually one of the first groups to get involved with the U.S. Green Building Council um, back in 2002. Um, there's always, you know, more and more energy efficient um, methods of, of construction. And I think that's something that the industry should continue to be very focused on. You know, that's a big focus of what we're going to be looking to do uh, continuing forward as well. Awesome. All right. Before we get to the most important part, the lightning round, anybody you want to give a quick shout out to on your team? Uh, I guess I, I just want to thank everybody that, that was part of this team from uh, our project management staff, our supervisory staff and safety, uh, all of the trade partners that worked on this, as I mentioned. Um, and if you're if for our trade partners that aren't ABC members, I'd certainly encourage them to look into joining. I know we had eight firms that were member firms as part of our team. Um, but we just want to thank them for uh, their contributions to uh, to making this project successful. Awesome. All right. So Bowden going to be uh, hopefully we'll see you guys back in the winner's circle uh, come November this year. Uh, looking forward to it. But now comes everyone's favorite part, the lightning round. We're going to ask you 10 rapid fire questions. I'm going to ask you 10 different questions now because you get the double, the double uh -oh. lightning round. Right. <laughs> uh, all right. So um, let's see here. Uh, you can only eat one food again for the rest of your life. What is it? No, pizza. That's easy. What is your favorite type of sandwich? Uh, um, hmm. uh, chicken club. Uh, do you prefer big dogs or small dogs? Uh, can I pick medium-sized dogs? Medium-sized is fine. <laughs> uh, this is always a good one. Choose one famous person from history you would want on your team during a zombie apocalypse. Zombie apocalypse. Well, let's see. I think the last question you asked me, I, I was about Mount Rushmore, who I'd put on that, and I picked yep. Bill Russell. So All I'm right. going to pick him to be part of our team with uh, a zombie apocalypse as that's well. A, that's a fantastic option. Uh, that's <laughs> fantastic. Uh, what actor or actress would you want to play you in the movie about your life? Oh, boy. Uh, I guess I'll have to go Brad Pitt, but... I, I know that's never going to happen. God bless you. I, I think it's perfect. <laughs> I love it. Uh, are you more productive in the morning or at night? Um, boy, you know, I, I do a lot of after hours events, so I'm probably more productive at night. Uh, which which show do you remember most from your childhood? Uh, Happy Days, when you asked, it was the first one that popped into my mind. That's the first show I can remember being my favorite show when I was a little kid. Oh, it was a great show. Yeah. Uh, who was the most famous person you've ever met? You know, I, I see. I met Lou Gorman, uh, who was the general manager of the yeah. Red Sox back in the '80s and early '90s, and uh, he's a Stonehill grad. I, I am as well. So I, I happened to bump into him. I was in an event in what was I think it was called the 406 Club, and then it was a 600 yep. Club. Yeah. And I saw him, and I introduced myself and said, "Hey, I'm I'm uh, I went to Stonehill, and you know, I, I just wanted to introduce myself to you." And he talked my ear off. He's a close talker. He was like right in my face and talked my ear off for like 20 minutes. And I was so starstruck. I, I thought it was the greatest thing. That's great. Uh, which movie defined your generation? 
<laughs> I don't know why, but the movie Better Off Dead popped into my mind. But all of the movies from that 80s era, yeah. uh, gosh, who was the, uh, the, there was one particular director that directed all those coming of age, you know, teenager movies. Was it John Hughes? Yeah, was it was it? John Hughes. Yeah, right. John Hughes. Yeah, my that. wife and I, we love those 80s movies, right? So like, you know, Revenge of the Nerds, Dirty Dancing, Back to the Future, you know, every time they're on, we quote them for hours, right? It's, it's crazy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, which fictional team is the best team of all time, do you think? Fictional team, make-believe team. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so like, uh, like somebody said like the football team from Friday night lights or, Oh, oh. Yeah, like a, you know, like the, the baseball team from major league or like fictional team. Ah, <laughs> uh, I see. Like I'm, I just watched Rudy again the other night. I know that was a real team, but um, great movie. That whole storyline kind of really great movie. You know, tears no, brings no tears to your eyes, right? It's a little, yeah. tearjerker at the end right when they're all cheering rudy and all the players right they say if rudy doesn't play on the playing coach and the whole team you know throws their jerseys down unbelievable yeah. team yeah all right last but not least and we're gonna do the uh it's a free round trip shuttle to mars the catch is it's going to take one year of your life to go visit and come back are you in can i bring anyone with me no you're going by yourself go <laughs> it's a one way it's a it's a one one person only. Nope, I'm sticking. I'm staying home. All right, you heard that. So when the the trip from Mars comes up, when Elon Musk takes and wants to go to Mars, Chris Keeley's not going with him. All right, that's the that is the lightning round again. Thank you very much. We appreciate everything that Bowden has done for uh, ABC Massachusetts and, and and us over here at the Gould Construction Institute. So uh, again, looking forward to seeing you in the Winter Circle in November. Thank, Thank you Chris. very much. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Chris, for taking the time to speak to us. Now let's hear from Mark Winterer from Recover Green Roofs. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Mark Winterer from Recover Green Roofs, and they are a uh, Building Sustainability Award winner uh, at the last November's Excellent Construction Awards for their Jefferson at Malden project. And I like to say back because he's a repeat guest, which is we'd love to have. Uh, so, Mark, welcome. Hey, great to be back, Michael. Thank you. Uh, we're so happy that you came on uh, when you first joined us. You were brand new, fresh to ABC and uh, really, you know, like I said, brand new. We issued ABC and then look at this. Now you're already winning awards. So we are uh, so happy to have you, not as a, only as a member, but on the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about your project, Jefferson at Malden. Tell us about the project. Tell us about uh, some of the details you could talk about, because I'm sure, you know, lots of people have to have questions about the, the, the green roof stuff. Yeah. Uh, so the project is Jefferson at Malden that um, ABC gave us an award for, the Sustainability Award last year. And uh, it's a project we completed back in 2020 was when we put the final touches on it. And it's a, a mixed use commercial building in the heart of Malden. Malden's really uh, experiencing a, a lot of growth there. Um, it's right off of the, the commuter line. Um, and it's, they have, I don't know, something like 300 residential units and office space and, and retail. And we were, we were hired as a, a subcontractor of Callahan Construction who ran the, the project. And they hired us to build a, a beautiful courtyard, a shared common space for, for all the tenants, uh, replete with a, a swimming pool and a, a giant chessboard and uh, shade structures and um, really, you know, what they wanted is a, a communal space for the, the building tenants to be able to come outside and get some fresh air. Um, and it's, it's interesting in preparation for this, I went on their website to look for some talking points and all their pictures that they feature are their roof deck. So they really are using it as a, a sales tool to get sell some tenants. And, and I'm sure for so many years, and you know this, right? But for so many years, that roof was just like a dead space, right? No one ever went up there. There was American conditioning units, right? And there was just a big empty space. And, and, and what Recovery Green Roost does is put some amazing, uh, you know, work into 
making a space that people can utilize because like it's got it's a green space right so people got to get some fresh air it's not just a stuffy roof right now you you, you get pools and like i said chessboard people go there and hang out and yeah but it's, it's all pretty awesome and then and, and you're exactly right michael it's not just for going out and being outside but all these windows look at it so you're getting value the outdoor value space but also the indoor value space of all those windows surrounding it and yeah it's way more nicer to more interesting to look at than just a uh exposed membrane well yeah like i said just a rubber roof right yeah and then so for those that don't know tell tell the listeners about what some of the benefits are of having a green rooftop well obviously in this one it's it's outdoor usable space and for real estate gis studies have shown that Uh, real estate increases in value on average 22% when it's within 500 feet of uh, outdoor green space. So for for this project, I've already mentioned, it's it's increasing the value of of that that space that those units they're trying to sell. Um, And, you know, like I said, you go on their website, they're really selling this communal space. And I think, you know, people are a social animal. And we like to to commune. We don't don't want to just be sort of sequestered into our tiny little apartments. And um, you know, this really gives a place for people to come out and and be people and and breathe some fresh air. So those are the other things. It's you know, we're putting plants on a roof. Plants absorb carbon dioxide and create oxygen, literally creating fresh air. Um, it cools the the temperatures. So in urban heat island effect, which you know, downtown Malden is a really densely populated city right now. And um, that that population density absorbs a lot of that summer heat. And the way you can break that heat is with some green space. So we're we're keeping the air. It's it's natural air conditioning, natural outdoor air conditioning. Um, I'm I'm yeah. sure the property management people, when they're showing the space, when they're showing apartments, they say, oh, and let's take you up to the let's but, take you up to the roof. Right. Yeah. And show you this courtyard we have on the you know whatever right. what, what floor what, what floor is on the fourth floor and we did also build the deck up on the ninth floor if you go on their website they talk about you know this roof deck with views of the boston skyline and it's awesome you do see uh, the great views from boston up there so people looking for an apartment go there and be like wait a second i can go to the ninth floor and i'm going to see the city skyline and the fourth yeah. floor of the courtyard to go to where there's a pool i said i can actually enjoy the building more than just going to work going home going to work yeah exactly and exactly. do you see do you see a lot more you know contractors building multi-purpose courtyards like you guys did um yes absolutely it's definitely becoming a um more common than it used to be um, and we are bidding against oftentimes big landscaping firms. Um, and oftentimes GCs will will treat it as will, you know, will GC it and hire a number of different trades to piece it all together. Um, we uh, our value proposition is we can, we do it all. We do the 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 um, planting the the soil stuff the what you would typically see a landscaper do at grade level we do the wood decking <clears throat> we do the concrete paving we do the the metal fabricate well we have obviously metal fabricators but we install uh, the the metal um, you know whether it's railing or pergola struggle uh, pergola structures um, and there's even I mentioned a chessboard we do little um, sort of uh, odds and ends, amenity spaces and, and furniture. Uh, obviously, we have to hire a, a licensed plumber, plumber and a licensed electrician, namely to do um, the electricians for the lighting. The, these spaces have to have lighting uh, and also for our irrigation controller. And then the plumber will, will give us that water connect. Um, but from there, we are a one-stop shop. We're a design, build, maintain. We do all the garden beds, all the masonry work, all the carpentry work. Um, <clears throat> that is when it's a at-will contracting. When it's a union project, it's a little different. <laughs> if they're signatory with the carpenters' union, for example, then we can't touch that wood deck. Right. Um, and then as far as uh, th- this particular project, did they already have 
like was it a, was it the whole project done and complete and then they reached out to you and said can we do this or was it something that they had brought you in from the very beginning well they they it, it was part of the initial design um they did hire we, we are a design build on this particular project there was already an architect in place and a landscape architect in place so we at that point are a subcontractor and following the directions um but that is a, a key to the success of these projects getting off the ground is that they are integrated into the initial design and they're they're part of the final plan <clears throat> and that will give it some staying power and um as we know construction often gets uh perhaps project overruns and right. sometimes if if the green roof is not integral to the final design, it, it can oftentimes get value engineered out. Um, and you know, we talked about the first time you're on was, you know, it's it's not as simple as just going up there and throwing some dirt on it and planting some grass, right? It's a whole process. Hundred percent. Uh, you know, engineering the roof to support yep. the weight of all the dirt, and then one of the and the waterproofing, I, right? Because you don't want people obviously just... <laughs> don't want the roof to collapse nor leak. Right. You don't just got to have guys driving nails and rubber membranes and then the roof leaks, right? So right. You guys. Right your company thinks of all that stuff ahead of time. And, and um, what about so, the plants? I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Yep. Excuse me, Michael. When you yep. asked about other trades, yes, we are seeing other trades because we're seeing more and more of these courtyards in our densely populated cities. We're developing open green space and putting buildings there. So we're recovering those buildings with this green space and you're seeing more and more of it, but you'd think it would be common sense to not <laughs> take a nail or a screw and put it right through the waterproof membrane. But we people, we see it all the time. People don't think twice, you know, they, they do it on the ground and don't yeah. think, you know, on the ground it's harmless. But when you screw into the waterproof membrane, you got water is going to find its way in there. So that, that is, uh, you know, another one of our strengths is we know what it's like to work on that membrane, not only protect it, a lot of times you get damage to the waterproofing during the construction. Um, and we are very careful about working on top of it, protecting and preserving it. But then also in the long term, you want to make sure what we integrate on top of that roof over time will, will protect and preserve that membrane and not damage it. Because a building will move. And um, over time, that movement can create abrasions. And if you have a hot, if you have a hard concrete, uh, paver touching the waterproof membrane and that building is moving over time that that paver is going to abrase right through that membrane and create a leak it, like you said may, many people probably wouldn't think of that right you have to think about what will happen in 20 to 30 years that's the other value there's we have what's called stacking benefits it's it's not like Solar power generation, they have one value proposition, which is it creates power generation. With a green roof, there's, there's stacking benefits. You know, I, I mentioned the open green space. I mentioned creating oxygen, um, fresh air. Uh, but there's more than that. There's protecting and preserving that membrane so that the, the membrane will last longer than it would if it were just an exposed membrane. Um, if you do it the right way, if you do it the wrong way, it could be a, it could damage that, that waterproof membrane and it will have a shorter lifespan than it would have had if it were just left exposed and uncovered. And, and that's a key point because um, once we do cover up that membrane, it's very hard to find a leak. <laughs> so we want to make sure that there we're not covering up any leaks. And I, it is, I'm so surprised oftentimes on a job site, it seems like we're the only people, the only trade who cares about that waterproof membrane, because we know if there ever is a leak, they're going to be looking at us what happened there. But it's really um, it, a membrane during a job site really gets beat up from all the, the impact of the construction. And a lot of people take it for granted and, and are not thinking twice about, like I said, you know, not just nailing or screwing into the membrane, 
but dropping a, a pallet or dropping a, a big concrete paver block or a piece of metal. You know who are the worst culprits actually are the solar panel installers because they drag their panels across the membrane and are they're so sharp they're just ripping it right up and they don't even notice it. Uh, uh, Allison, what do you got? No, so Mark, I'm just curious. How do you? How did you all figure that out? Like, because you said this stuff can happen kind of over twenty to thirty years. It can happen like during a job, like a job site, like stuff like that. Like, how did you all figure this out? Like, did you know all of this going into opening up Recover Green Roofs and like starting jobs, or was this? partially stuff that you kind of learned as you went to different jobs or is there like a school or like a degree that tells you all of these interesting facts uh it's a good question and uh there's a number of of uh, answers to that question um we are a, we're a big member of green roofs for healthy cities um that does provide this type of training our background is actually in um in gray water treatment where you use plants to filter out gray, gray water is anything but sewage. Uh, so it's coming off of your sink faucet or your shower faucet, and you can filter that gray water that runoff through plants and the plants will filter that water and they'll make it non-potable. You can't drink it after that, but you can use it to re-irrigate it. So that's that's called a living mechanical system. You're using plants to um, process to filter water. Um, so that's our background. When we learned about green roofs, when we first got in, in, involved with it, the the initial pushback, and we still get this a lot, is the the traditional approach to wa waterproofing and roofs is you want to keep water off of it. You want to shed that water off as quickly as possible. And, and a green roof represents standing water. We have plants up there that need water and that, that soil is saturated. So uh, the, the, the school of thought was absolutely not. That is counterintuitive. We don't want water up there. We gotta get it off. So we, as soon as we started, we realized, you know what? A roof first and foremost needs to keep the water out. That is the primary function. And anything on top of that is gravy. Um, and so we, realized, we, we knew from the beginning that we had to make these integrate with each other and complement each other. So they're, they're not working against each other. And our, our biggest ally in the construction industry are the roofers who are putting that membrane down. And they, are, they wanna make sure that it, it, it works the right way. Um, and they wanna hire somebody who is not going to damage the membrane, but can can complement it, protect it, and preserve it, and make it last longer than it would have lasted without anything on top of it. How do you figure out? Because I assume, like when you put all the plants in the greenery, everything that goes into putting onto a green roof. How do you figure out how much the roof will hold? Like how much weight? You know uh, structural engineer. We use a structural engineer on every project. We never guess. Um, and that that's that's a good um, filter for to separate serious clients from unserious clients. We do get a lot of calls. The client who's not willing to invest in that structural engineer is not a serious client for us. And um, so that's they're the ones they help us both with identifying what the available loading capacity is. You know, they take into consideration everything that's going to be on that roof, the waterproof membrane, all of our overburden, everything you put on a membrane is considered overburden, whether that's a planter bed or a deck or concrete pavers or chairs. Um, and then the structural engineer also help us with wind uplift. We want to make sure nothing gets blown off of that roof. So um, th those are the two things that they're a critical uh, player in the team. If we ever have to pull a permit on a project, we get the, we use the, the structural engineer stamp to pull that permit, um, which we don't need to get an architect on that. That's normally for residential 
clients um, on commercial clients. There already is a an engineer and architect on the team by the time we get involved. And then for the listeners, right? So a company, you come in and you build this beautiful courtyard, and then when you're all done and people are living in the building, you, your services don't just end there, right? Because now you'll send your people back up there to maintain that rooftop courtyard. So what are some of the things you guys, your company does for that as well? Yep. Um, great question. Yep. We are, we do provide the three services, design, build, and maintain. Um, and the, the maintenance is mainly plant maintenance. We want to, plants are living organisms and you have to, they have needs as all living organisms do. Ideally, we have as little inputs as possible. So there's just the right amount of regular rainfall. Um, there's, there's just the right climate. There's not too much wind, not too much sun, um, not too much human impact, uh, foot traffic on it. Um, but as we all know, we don't live in an ideal world. Um, and we, especially in New England, we do have these extended droughts in the summer when it gets hot and plants get thirsty. So we need to feed them. Ideally, that's with an irrigation system, an automated irrigation system. Um, and so maintenance is, is making sure that irrigation system's working. We do spend a lot of time pulling weeds, uh, which um, you either love it or hate it. <laughs> yeah. um, but hate an it. important weed, hate it, yep. <laughs> uh, a, an important weed to get, you can't always get all the weeds because they can be overwhelming but we definitely want to get the, the aggressive roots that could potentially find their way into the membrane and damage the membrane or impede drainage. That's a key uh, component of maintenance is we want to make sure that water is draining off of the roof the way it should be. Um, looking at all the, the, the drain, uh, all the drains, making sure there are no roots clogging it up or debris clogging it up or if anything has shifted over time. Um, so that's the, that's the main maintenance that we do. If we need to feed the plants, we will. Uh, we don't like, we, 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 we feed as little as possible because we don't want those nutrients to dissolve in the water and then run off the roof and yep. be a part of the problem. Um, so we monitor that closely. It's, it's what we do is on-demand irrigation and on-demand fertilizing, meaning we only give the irrigation that's needed. We only give the fertilization, fertilization that's needed so that we're not wasting our, our resources. Um, we, we are an environmental company. We want to improve our impact uh, on the environment. We, we don't want to detract from it. And then you talked about the design portion of it all. Who chooses all the plants that you use in the rooftop? I was, can I just add on to that question before you start, Mark, because I was actually going to ask something like similar in this realm of what, like, how do you choose the plants that go onto the roof? Because it's like, do you have to choose ones where like the roots grow less rapidly or like, how does that, yep. what goes into that? Uh, yep. Process? You're, you're right on. Um, the, the, in a nutshell, in the industry, the landscape industry, they say the right plant for the right place. And, and that's, that's a very simplified way of saying it. Um, but we, we need to make sure that the plants we pick are rated to this hardiness zone, um, but not just this hardiness zone. For example, a plant that grows well in Florida, where it's warmer, um, is, is, is gonna, it might be fine here in the summertime, but then in the winter, it can't handle those freeze-thaw cycles. Um, so we are in the, the five hardiness zones. So we pick plants that um, are well acclimated to that hardiness zone. But on top of a roof, you almost have a, an even different, you, not almost, you do have a different microclimate. Um, you're much more likely to be exposed to, to wind. Uh, wind is a big factor. Wind will really impact the evapotranspiration rate, which is how quickly the, the soil will dry out. Um, and we want plants that are hardier, that can withstand temperature extremes, that can go dormant in the winter, that can handle really hot temperatures in the summer. And yeah, oh yeah, by the way, they're not that thirsty. So they don't require that much water inputs. So, so those are, we're looking for those really rugged plants that, you know, would survive up in a mountain. 
in, in exposed temperatures. Uh, a lot of times the client is gonna want something that looks different. Uh, they might want that fig plant that would do really well in Florida, <laughs> but maybe not so well in Massachusetts. So then you gotta give it more maintenance. Um, we did have a client who successfully grew a fig plant for a few years, but we had to wrap it in blankets every winter yep. to keep it nice and warm. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it didn't inevitably after a while, uh, it did die. Um, so, and so in, in recovery green roof, doing some great projects. We talked about like, the first time you were on, we talked a bit about the Fenway project, which was amazing. And then this award-winning project, which is again, fantastic. Just, you know, feather in your cap to the, your entire team down there from the design, the build and maintain what is next for recovery green roofs? You know, we've talked a bit, you know, the first time I talked about your dream project, it was a huge hundred thousand square foot. You know, what's, what is next for your company? 500,000 square foot I mentioned, and um, that still is a dream. And I actually, since we last spoke, I visited the green roof motherland, which is Stuttgart, <laughs> Germany. That's the, the home of the modern day green roof. Um, and that is a distinction from, those old school Scandinavian roofs that you see, those are 400 years old. And those are built very different than the way we build our roofs. The way we build our roofs was developed um, by German engineers in Stuttgart back in the 1970s. And I did a field trip there this fall. And th that 500 square foot warehouse green roof is, is not unheard of. I, I saw a handful of them. And they're awesome. And it, it really um, inspired me that, yes, this is possible. They are doing this in Stuttgart. They have roofs that are even bigger than that. I went to the, the Mercedes-Benz engine factory. Yep. And they have a huge, just the engine factory. They're just making engines there, not even the cars. And they have something like a 100 million square foot roof, all covered in, in plants. So, it, I mean, it's just incredible. So, and, and they have, that has a really big impact. You're talking, when I talked about benefits, I didn't even mention stormwater management. That's, it, it's, it's a standard stormwater management tool in Germany because the cities are densely packed. They do get a lot of rain. So when you have this huge hundred million square foot roof and it rains, where does all that water go? It becomes a, a really big flooding issue. So this has become a standard form of stormwater management. Um, and so on a bigger roof like that, you get a much bigger impact. You can, you can absorb so much more rainwater. You can create so much more oxygen. You can cool so much more air. So absolutely. I, I am, um, I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm pursuing a, a project of that scale. Um, and that, that would be a dream. We are also in the process of designing a, a healing garden for a hospital, and that demonstrates another great benefit. Plants literally have magical healing powers. And so these patients are gonna be able to walk outside under the roof. There's gonna be a little uh, physical therapy area surrounded by plants. So while the patients are doing their physical therapy, they're also gonna be surrounded by these plants that are, are helping them in the healing process. Um, and then we have another great project in the works, which is, <clears throat> it's actually an at-grade level park, a public park, um, and you wouldn't know it, but it is actually a green roof because underneath that park is a huge stormwater cistern. And um, so it's another example of, of managing stormwater and creating better utility of that space. Not only are you going to be managing stormwater there, but you're going to be creating green space for the public to come and congregate in. It's amazing how far that technology has come, right? They said a hundred million square foot building is gigantic. That's like, so that's, that's, that's just a, the, the building where they're making Mercedes-Benz engines, right? Did I, I say a hundred million? I meant a million. I meant a million, a million square. square feet. That's still, that's still enormous. Yeah. That's no, just even so, yeah, I think you did million. say a million, but. I can't even begin to process how big that is. A million square feet. I, it was bigger than I could see. I mean, these factories are the size of cities. Mercedes-Benz oh. employs something like 300,000 employees. 
They have their own fire department. They have their own power plants. It's wow. it, you get up on a roof and, and their buildings are bigger than you can see on the horizon. It's incredible. And that's one of the reasons why the like F1 racing team is unbelievable. You can't stop them because all the money they put into the development of the engines, you, you can't yeah. compete. You, yeah. the, they've sunk in trillions of dollars just to, to get the engines where they're at so they can compete at a you know, not, uh, an international level like uh, you know, F1 cars. But All right. Pretty awesome. So Recover Green Roofs, congratulations again uh, on your Building Sustainability Award. I have a feeling that we're going to see Recover Green Roofs for a long time winning awards because what they're doing is it's just amazing. I think you're going to see more people reaching out to recover green roofs for their just their, their knowledge of what they're doing. Right. This isn't something we, like I say, you just can't throw some dirt up on the roof and throw some scrap seed and call it a day. We'll see you later. Uh, it's it is. There's a science to it. There's a lot that goes behind it. Uh, Mark has an amazing team. But now we're going to move on to everybody's favorite favorite part. This is the lightning round. Kayla's going to take it over. We're going to give you 10 rapid fire. We're going to get to see and learn a little bit more about Mark. So take it away, Kayla. Mark, lots of great stuff happening at Recover Great Groups. All right. Are you ready for the rapid fire questions, the lightning Let's round? Let's do it. All right. Here we go. What is your favorite color? Green. What is your favorite hidden talent or hidden talent? Making daughters. <laughs> Sorry, it took me a moment. All right. Uh, what's it. a fun fact you know? <laughs> Uh, Stuttgart, Germany is the home of the modern day green roof. All right. Good to know. Which celebrity would you love to work with? Wow. This is a tough one. Meryl Streep. Whoa. That's a good one. All right. You are forced to sing a song on a cruise ship talent show. What song are you singing? Twinkle, twinkle. <laughs> first word you can think of that starts with p uh precious if you could time travel what year or era would you go back to i think i would go to a led zeppelin concert Ooh, so what would that be the 60s yeah yeah, yeah. I think or 60s. pink floyd so the 60s that is awesome uh, if you could, I already said that one. What character would you be for a Times Square photo op? What character would I be for a Times photo op, like Times Magazine? Like Times Square, Times Square, Times New York. Square. Oh. Um, uh, Wally, the green giant. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Wow, a lot of controversy there. Uh, during a zombie apocalypse, where would you live? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I would live out in, I would live out in the mountains in a log cabin. Nice. And favorite breakfast food? Eggs. Well, <laughs> yeah, so can't nice. can't have any type of breakfast without eggs. All right. Thank you so much, Mark, for participating in the lightning round. That was a lot of fun. And thank you so much for being on. We hey, thank it. you. My pleasure. I really appreciate all your support and drawing attention to this really great project. We love having you on, Mark. Thank you so much for coming. I've learned yeah. something new every single time we talk to you. My pleasure. Let's do it again. Absolutely. And then uh, for the listeners out there that want to get a hold of Mark, what's the best way to get a hold of you? What's your good contact information? The best way to get a hold of me is to call my office, which is 617-764-1310. All right. So like I said before, I'm making the call right now. You're going to see Recover Green Roofs in the winter circle for a long period of time and uh, reach out to Mark and his team to get yourself a green roof. Thank you, Michael. Thanks. Thank you again to Chris and Mark for joining us this week on the podcast. Super happy to have Carol Fayola back on the pod to talk about some upcoming events at ABC Massachusetts coming up for 2023. What's going on, Carol? Thanks hey for coming guys. back. Thanks for having me back so quickly. Um, yeah, so the last time I was on, we talked about how the Save the Dates were uh, being prepared and getting ready to go out, and those have dropped. Woo. So I just <clears> want to share some information 
uh, with your audience. Um, we've gone ahead and scheduled what I like to call the big six, and those are <clears throat> Meet the Generals, which is coming up uh, fairly quickly. It's going to be on April 6th from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m., and that's going to be at uh, Granite Links Golf Club again in Quincy. Uh, the invitation for those is scheduled to go out tomorrow, so keep an eye out on that. There'll be some great sponsorship opportunities, and uh, you'll be able to register as early as tomorrow. Other events that we put on the calendar uh, for the uh, Save the Dates is the GCI student graduation, which is happening at Pola Park. That's going to be on May 18th from 3.30 p.m. to 6. I understand we have a bus coming here, and yep. people will be filing in via the so bus. So we'll have I'm a shuttle bus, just yep. like last year. We had okay. a shuttle bus. Um, so if you want to take advantage of that, I would definitely do that. Um, from what I heard, it was a really, really fun time on the bus last year. And there also will be a sponsorship opportunity to sponsor the bus. Um, so look into those sponsorships. I think we're going to actually be dropping those uh, at some point this week. So by the time this episode drops, they should be out. Great. So just let me know about that, and I'll pop it on the ABC website. I sure will, Carol. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Another popular event is the ABC Annual Golf Outing, which I'm super excited about. I'm a big fan of Plymouth in general, so it'll be nice to go down there and visit that golf course again. Do you golf? <clears throat> uh, I wouldn't call it that. <laughs> <laughs> Mini golf, maybe? From what I fun with an ice cream I'm, cone I'm best on the green and putting. Mm, I so mini golf. I can't drop. Yeah. No, I'm not good at mini golf at all. <laughs> Um, but on the few golf tournaments I've been in, yeah, I'll say I'm pretty good from uh, the first five holes, and then I kind of get a little, you know, bored and yeah. timed out, and I'm like, okay, we have how many more to go? <laughs> so, um, but I love participating in them, so it'll be exciting. That's going to be on June 15th, uh, 8.30 to 7. It's a full-day event. Um, so, yeah, hopefully the weather will be nice, and uh, we'll be heading down to Plymouth in June. Now we're going to move all the way into the end of the year to November for the ICA Awards event, which uh, we're mixing it up a little bit this year. We're going to have it at the Four Points in Sheridan in Norwood, Mass., to kind of um, give folks on the... <clears throat> little bit south of Boston an opportunity so that they're not driving up to Waltham and Burlington uh, for what, probably what's the third or fourth or fifth or sixth time. So we're going to check out a new venue and see how that goes uh, November 2nd from eight from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Day after my birthday, bring oh, me a gift. Uh oh, we might be celebrating. <laughs> Um, and then uh, for the craft championship, we haven't locked in the date or the location yet, but we did want everyone to get it on their calendars that uh, the, the, champion, the, the national championship week is uh, November 13th through 19th. So we just want everyone to keep that in mind. Once we get the location secured and the date secured, uh, along with the time, we'll go ahead and, and update that. GCI Holiday Open House is happening on December 7th from 5 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. right here in our office. And uh, we'll get our training room all transformed again and invite everyone out to visit for a couple cocktails and some chair and, uh, you know, celebrate what will hopefully be a prosperous, exciting 2023. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I know that these this save the date email went out to all of our ABC members who are on our email list. Um, so if you didn't receive that email, definitely reach out to Carol so that we can make sure that you're getting those communications. Where else can ABC members find these save the dates? So I want to say we just forward them over to Higher Profile. High Profile Magazine? Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. um, and we're listing them socially. We have them listed here. They'll be um, advertised electronically on all of our upcoming events. And just to get back to your point, if you d aren't receiving any of these updates, you can email me at carol at abcma.org or check out our website. Perfect. Yeah. What else can I tell you? 
Anything else fun coming up? Do we have, well, we have is there anything other than the big six that we can are. expect? There, yes, there are things coming, but I'm keeping those quiet right now until we kind Ooh. of lock them in. I don't like to get ahead of myself, and I would hate to have to go back and say, oh, we have a correction. So we're just trying to finalize some locations and some dates and some new and exciting events but we're going to have a busy calendar oh i also want to let people know that we just added a couple webinars one's coming up on february 22nd and we're doing that uh, it's actually hosted by um, abc member mp for hire um, and that's on retaining your workforce so that's coming up february 1st uh, one o'clock webinar and we'll also be doing something on did i say february first? no february 22nd sorry well same thing be, same thing <laughs> this is why i wanted to keep it uh to the items in front of me and we're also adding uh, a webinar on march 1st for cool. the uh apprentices which uh folks should definitely attend that Cool. Yeah. yeah, and we'll definitely uh, have some more information about that as, you know, the dates come. Yeah, it's not even launched yet. We're just finalizing the details right now. So you heard um, it here first. You heard it here first. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives so. us another reason to have you on again. You can divulge all of the secret details. Well, Carol, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. We can't wait to have you back on again. I'm excited. Thanks. Thanks. All right, next up is a new segment we're calling What's Up, ABC Massachusetts. We're going to uh, talk about some upcoming news, and this is an important one. So the folks at Metro North Workforce Force Board and the Reading Memorial High School are seeking employers to provide internships in the science, technology, engineering, and math fields for Reading High seniors this spring at no cost to the employers. Uh, Mass High will pay selected employers $15 an hour up to 100 hours between April 3rd and early June. If you're interested in hosting a student, please reach out to Steve Sullivan at steve at abcma.org. Uh, also, like to remind everybody that we're always looking for teachers. If you know someone who wants to be a teacher for us, uh, send them my way, uh, mike at gwgci.org. Also, want to remind people that not only do we have in-person classes going on, but we also have uh, on-demand training courses. There's some great courses available uh, that are done virtually, like blueprint reading, hot work safety certification for Massachusetts supervisory skills for the industrial workplace. Some of the classes are actually good for uh, college credits. So, I'd just like to add that these virtual courses are on demand at your own pace, so you can sign up and get started right away pretty much, um, and they're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, so you can take the classes whenever it is convenient for you. There is no expiration date, no deadline, um, so you don't have to get it done in like a matter of six weeks or something like that. It's really meant to support you in whatever is going to be the best way that you can learn as an adult with these courses. So if you ever have any questions about these courses, please feel free to reach out to me, Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N, at gwgci.org. And we also want to uh, congratulate the folks at W.T. Kenny. They are actually going to be on the uh, Commercial Painting Magazine's cover story. So our friends Tim Kenny and Brian Jergens, congratulations on uh, that super cool thing. Uh, what do we have for upcoming training classes? We have a lot coming up in March, actually. So even though we have our Hot Work Safety Certification for Massachusetts online, we are also offering an in-person course if that is a better way for you to learn. So we will have that Hot Work Safety Certification class March 8th here at the ABC GCI Woburn office. That's going to be from 5 to 8 p.m. Real quick class. You take the certification quiz at the end, and then we'll send you out your card usually within two weeks. Then we'll have a Hoist 1C2A prep for exam class March 11th from 7 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. again at the ABC Mass GCI Woburn office. Then we have a new class on the schedule. It's called Distracted Driver. It's going to be during um, Distracted Driver Awareness Month. That's April, April 7th from 4 to 8 p.m. It's going to be just a quick class. Um, really good at brushing up on some of those like defensive driving or distracted driving tactics that you learned in driving school way back when and probably haven't touched upon in your adult life um so definitely check that class out it's going to be a really really nice addition to our offerings you can check out all of these classes and the rest of the classes that we have through june 2023 at gwgci.org forward slash events 
And I'd like to just take one more opportunity to say thank you to our presenting partner, Skilled Trades Partners, as well as our lightning round sponsor, RCL Mechanical. Mike, can you tell us just a little bit about RCL Mechanical? RCL Mechanical is a locally owned and operated business that has been serving the Taunton Mass area for several years. They prioritize customer service because they value the relationship with their customer. From installations to maintenance plans to minor repairs, RCL Mechanical can handle all of your home or business's plumbing and HVAC needs. Uh, thanks to Mark Mason down at RCL Mechanical. He has been a big supporter of the podcast. Thanks to him. Next week we have coming up uh, a great guest next week. His name is Evan Jarrett. They call him the Michael Jordan of the skilled trades. Uh, he is on LinkedIn, and he is teaching middle school students all about the trades. So uh, it's going to be a great episode. Looking forward to that one. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at ABCGCI Coffee Break. Be sure to follow us on all the places that you listen to your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Android Podcasts, Pandora. I'm sure I'm missing a few because there's like 100 million. So wherever you listen, be sure to follow. Rate us five stars. Makes us really happy. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you all next week. (laughs)